Hello and welcome to Podcast Corner with Freedom Road Creative Arts. Today we're talking to three of the old guard of Freedom Road Creative Arts um, on a podcast all about, all for World Social Work Day. Um, in March, we're recording this slightly before. Um, it's going to be going to be used at a conference as well, so that's quite exciting. So I've got three of the old guard of Freedom Road in with me. Um, first of all, do you all just want to quickly introduce yourselves? So today we have with us we have Mark, we have Dion, Sammy, and Sammy, and you guys. How long? Just really quickly, just from all of you, how long have you all like been involved with Freedom Road? Oh, how old? How old are you all now? And when did you start being involved with Freedom Road? And when did you finish? I'm 25. And I started when I was about eight, um, and I finished when I was about sixteen. There we go. So eight eight years for Dion, Mark. Yeah, uh, twenty eight, um, and it was when I was like ten or eleven, and I stopped when I was seventeen. But it felt like twenty eight years for us. <laughs> it felt like twenty eight years. Yes. <laughs> nice and Sammy. I'm twenty six, nearly twenty seven, and I believe I was about. 12 I, I was involved with rap at first and yes. I was about 12 and then I got yeah. into the freedom Road. you came so, along yeah. and you sang Miley Cyrus's the client for us at the <laughs> then went off stage because um I got it wrong yeah. I was crying um yeah and I'm, I'm I've not left yet I'm still here nice nice okay well we're going to come back and talk to Sammy in a minute but um for this first segment then we're going to be speaking to Dion and Mark um so uh, Dion and Mark, then, do you want to sort of like introduce yourselves in a way where you're telling us about how long you were in care for and whatnot? Who wants to go um, first? Dion. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in care for pretty much the same time I was in rap. Um, so you, you came to rap when you first got put into care almost? I was there for a few years beforehand, but it was pretty much like the end, coming up to the end of living at home and things got bad and it was like the transitioning period as well. It really helped, to be honest. Great. Um, cool. Okay, Mark? Um, I was in, I started in care when I was eight, um, all the way to... Uh, eight, 18, 19 because I had a residence order. Right, and, okay. Um, so when did you go into care again? When I was eight years old. When you was eight, so you're both eight. about eight years old. So you've presumably both got early memories of going into care then? Yeah. Absolutely. What What was that like? What was it like when you got put into care? Like, tell us a little bit about like how you felt and, you know, what it was like. I mean, it must be pretty tough. But, um, you know. It was, for me, it was, um, it was quite scary, um, you know. Uh, I remember like crying for two weeks, um, but then I have to suck it up because my brother, who was four years old, was crying in another room, and I was like, I can't have a childhood because I got to look after him, um, and I have to learn how to smile. And it was like, what I mean by that is like, I used to stand in front of a mirror and learn how to smile. So like when social services, carers, and friends were saying, "Mark, you're all right," I used to smile because they wouldn't ask any questions. They would assume I was happy. But inside I was dying, yeah. you know, I, I just thought my life was gone. And is this when your family was, when sort of family life, your home life was falling apart? Is this after you went into care or? This was like in, this was like into care. And also like, because when I was, I remember when I was five years old, I saw my mum and dad overdose on heroin, uh, drugs and that lot. Um, I remember coming home from school with my sister and taking the needles out while they was unconscious and sh sh you know, sharing a tin of beans and that was our tea. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was basically our life until we went into foster care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dion, what about you? Yeah, I think Matt's right with the mask that you use. Um, I think one of the things that's important to know is that when you're in that situation with drug addict parents or anything for that matter, it, it feels normal. That that lifestyle is normal to you. It doesn't feel like this. It, it does feel bad, but it doesn't feel like it's that bad until you actually get into a situation where it's normal and then it's mind-blowing because I went from pretty much the same situation as Mark. I had a drug-addict mum, she was a prostitute, I was there were strangers in the house all the time, but like I say, that felt normal. And then I went into um, my first foster carers, who was amazing. She gave me everything, we went on trips, and it was just like... It was such a big transition being able to just go from going raiding through bins for your tea to going and having a home-cooked meal on the table and school and that's important now and rules and someone cares enough to say, no, you're not going out at 12 o'clock, you're grounded, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's such, it's such a transition and a lot of people don't take that into consideration. Do you know... You're just expected to go and be a normal kid. Like, just go and play with your friends. And whereas me and Mark was carers, do you know what I mean? We, I had my little sister, I had my little brother to think about. I'd always looked after them and we all got split up into different houses. It was such a big thing. My little sister was only three when we were separated. So she was like my baby from the day she got home from the hospital. She was handed to me, do you know, and I felt that great sense of responsibility from such an early age that it's travelled with me all my life, but it's been a big learning curve, yeah. do you know? Mark, was your brother took into care with you? Uh, yeah, he was. Um, again, it, it sounds a bit weird because, like, he, he was brought into care with me. Uh, my sister wasn't. There was, we found out later on that my sister should have gone into care with us and that lot. But they decided to just put me and my brother into care and not my sister. Right. So then when we found out when we was like quite old, then yeah. there was like, shush, the same sister would have done that. Yeah. So should have put you all together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because when we found out my sister wasn't going to come with us or go into care, we thought, we're the bad guys. Yeah. We was like, why are we getting punished? Yeah, why, why are we, yeah. You know, why are we not staying? With, you, so you there's know, lessons with them, to be learned it, there. Yeah, exactly. And like, I remember like when my brother's like, I'm not proud of it, it's, you know, it's my past, but it's like, I remember I have to do like, you know, back in the day when it was Jackson's, um, I used to have to, you know, sh- shoplift baby formula Yeah. for like my brother, because yeah. my mum and dad would be unconscious. Yeah. So just, like, just to be clear, Jackson's is a shop. Yeah, Jackson's It's now, it's now been bought out by Sainsbury's. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, um, yeah, just, um, so, so both of you then, because obviously like Dion, you spoke about how amazing it was when you went to your first carers and all of a sudden, you know, there's all these things, that, there's this world that you didn't know about it. But was so just really quickly, my question would be, was was that like then your forever carers, if you like? Or was no, it- that was just like the temporary one. I stayed there for six months. Um, she was just doing respite. Although she really wanted to keep me and I really wanted to stay. It wasn't right for her in that situation. And I could obviously appreciate that she was getting got, she was getting on in her age and, you know, she went very well. And so it was made, the decision was made that we were, I was to move on. Um, but she was amazing. She really did make a massive difference in my life because, I mean, it, thinking about it now, it was over the top. She did everything for me, but it really did make a dif- 
difference when I was learning about what life is and what a normal life could be. Like, I remember on my birthday, she spoiled me rotten. She took me out and got me new trainers and clothes and a phone. And I just thought, like, wow, what is this? You know, like, what is life? What have I actually been living? And then it, it kind of like raises a lot of questions as to what your morals are and what you think is right. And do you know? That's what I mean. I think like when I was in my first care, that was brilliant. The only reason why I, we have to move because my, my brother, he was, you know, not selling there properly. And it was it, it, it was a bit of a bummer because b- before we left, I even wrote my social worker a letter saying, I want to stay here. I don't want to, you know, go with my brother. How how did the just for both of you, just quickly to end this sort of like th- this section? How did social workers help them with that? Because obviously you were moved. How many how many carers did you go to before you found the one that you stayed with? I was with three, three, three. different carers. Cool. How about you, Mark? Uh, I was f- three different carers. And th- and then you found the ones yeah, that you stayed with. Yeah. So I mean, I really disliked my social worker, which is natural. She took me from. What I thought was normal, she separated from me from my family and it took a long time to realise that what she did was right. At the time, I really didn't like her, but she really did help with... So I remember the conversation. It was supposed to be a period of time where my mum had chance to get herself right. Um, she'd had plenty of opportunities before, but... I think when she, my social worker came and had that meeting with me and my foster carer at the time, she like sat down and explained that actually you're not going to go back home and you're not going to have your brothers and sisters with you. I remember that talk. And it, it was heartbreaking, but I really respected her for the way that she did it. It, it was comforting because she had my, social, my foster carer there. Do you know, she made sure that the situation was right. She didn't just bring me in and say, right, you're not going home. Do you know, we had a really in-depth conversation about how things was wrong at home and how things could get better without me there, do you know, without the added pressure. And as an adult, I can see now that my mum needed the time on her own because it is hard being a parent and it is hard when you've got an addiction. And I mean, thankfully, she's clean now. We've got a really good relationship, but she needed that time. And as a kid, I had a lot of understanding because of me being a carer. And I've always had quite a mature head on my shoulders. But just that her talking to me and giving me that sense of comfort in the fact that it might make things better if I don't go home, rather than just saying, right, you're not going home. She explained to me why I couldn't go home, do you know? And it really did make a difference. Sorry, just really quick. I suppose it's um, it's that thing of, like, it's not ideal in the slightest. But if you didn't give her that time then, then you'd have probably lost her forever. Yeah. I mean, quite possibly, fatally. Yeah. Can't, yeah, you know, where, whereas the way it's turned out now, you, you, you're, you're still able to have a relationship and a yeah. good relationship with your mum now. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. Mark, so. Yeah, yeah, going back on what Dion said, like, I, I remember the first time we rocked up to the, uh, you know, my first carers and, you know, all, all the full family was there. It was a little bit overwhelming at first, but then I didn't even, like, give my mum a hug. Like, she was like, I'm going now. I was like, yeah, see there, why? Because I thought she was coming back. Um, and then, when it, like, went about an hour or so, I was just like, where the hell is she, do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and then it was like, right, starting from, like, a month from now, you'll you'll see her, like, every, every fortnight or every week, you know? And, like, it did dawn on me, like I said, I'd cry for two weeks. 
but I, t- I kind of turned into an adult straight away when I was like, because I was like, I know this is the right decision because being brought up around drugs is a big no-no. That's one of the things about being the main carer, isn't it? You, you get that understanding on life a lot earlier and it takes away your childhood, but it also gives you a, a good head. Do you know, it gives you a good decision-making skills and, and all the rest of it. it yeah. It makes you like in a good way, streetwise. Yeah, you know, like yeah. in, a, in a mature way. You know, it gives you a lot of. We can assess situations yeah. a, a lot easier. Life, like, life intelligence. Yeah. Okay, so we'll come back to this in a bit. Then we're going to have a roundtable discussion between everyone. Sammy, I'm going to come and speak to you now. <laughs> <laughs>